0: On today's show, it's another preseason divisional crossover. On today's show, we are going to catch up with the guys over at Locked On Senators. And the big question is, what is the effect on the new ownership?
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into this special crossover edition between the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Ottawa Senators Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Panthers and Locked On Senators your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Senators feed, my name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And on Instagram and very thankful to be doing another preseason divisional crossover on today's show. We have the guys over from Locked On Senators, Brandon pillar and Ross Levitan. What's up, guys?
2: Not much. Thanks for having us, Armando. Does it feel like you just stopped covering last season?
0: It's ended like two weeks ago for you. <laughs> uh short off seasons are Certainly great. I mean, in the last 10 years, I mean, the Ottawa Senators kind of had something of that after making the Eastern Conference Final in 2017. So so short off-seasons are, re- are really great to, to definitely experience. Uh, there's no shortage of topics, especially uh, during the summer when you don't have to squeeze in, uh, so you, where you don't have to lengthen out so many things to come up with as how the team can get better so and speaking of uh getting better and and going and going forward to this season i want to start with the ottawa senators uh side of things for 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 you guys and all and a, a few a few changes going on in 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 the off season for for ottawa and a, a a few of them and 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 a big one is ownership especially of, of course uh, eugene melanic uh past and and there's the there's the questions of whether his daughters were going to continue owning the team they decided eventually to uh sell sell the sell the franchise and there's those uh there's those uh talks about LeBreton flats as far as their new arena definitely got to be something ex- exciting for the franchise but talk to us a little bit about the effects of uh new ownership in 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 uh canada's capital
1: Yeah, it's really, really nice and uh, a refreshing atmosphere in Ottawa, Armando, with new ownership coming in here because this is a team, a franchise that, uh, other than the Eastern Conference Final, like you just mentioned, back in 2017, it's been a lot of lows, a lot of downs, a lot of uh, frustrated Sens fans, but now new ownership comes in the core pieces that they got from tearing it down and rebuilding are all on the main squad now and thriving. Most of them locked up to long-term contracts, which is very, very nice to see if you're a Sens fan that's used to having players leave rather than stay. But, What Michael Anlauer does is he brings a wealth of hockey knowledge. He's an owner of an OHL team, the Hamilton Bulldogs. He was a minority owner of the Montreal Canadiens for quite some time. We're glad he switched sides. He's on the good side now. You love to see that. But his whole pitch the entire time is no gimmicks, no flashy celebrity joinings, uh, no kind of... No big press conferences. He was always about, I'm going to come in and provide stability, and we're going to focus on maintaining a good product on the ice and building the right executives, upper management, having everyone working together to make this hockey team as successful as possible. And that's all the Senators fans want here. And I do believe that he's going to be able to do that. You've seen massive moves that he has kind of influenced already, big contract signings, free agents being brought in, trades, uh, changes in the upper office today, a bunch of new coaches and scouting announcements made as well. So the future is much brighter now, Armando, than it has been in a while in Ottawa, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and one of those uh, free agent signings included uh, Jonas Corpusalo is a is a, is definitely a big one. The Camp Talbex exper- um, experiment was uh, was a rocky relationship there as, as as well. And you know maybe we maybe we could see Bubble Corpusalo uh, back and and with the. With the ottawa ottawa centers uh finished the last uh last season with the los angeles kings and also you talked about the core locked up as well and one of them is actually a very recent extension in jake sanderson six 181 pounds uh 32 points in in just under 80 games and a guy who can join on the rust and 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 very responsible with his uh, pinches as well, and and a guy who doesn't actually go to the box a lot—only twelve penalty minutes uh, last season as well. I don't think it's much of a risk as a lot of people are pointing it out to be. I mean, the most recent thirty-two thoughts uh podcast was discussing comparing Kirill Kaprizov and Matthew Boldy's contract as, as guys who played less games and got long and got long-term deals as well. But so what are the thoughts of uh, Jake Sanderson uh, getting his uh, extension with the Sens?
2: I said it like this. Look, the 2020 draft was going to make or break this franchise, no matter which way you slice it. They had third and fifth overall. Tim Stutzla went third overall. He's already locked up for eight more years. And now Jake Sanderson coming in at fifth. And it just he is the exact prototype that the Senators missed for years on the back end that defensive defenseman that you just don't have to worry about and he's got that modern day style to him where he's also got amazing foot speed he's he's very quick and, and agile and has amazing vision so for him having 32 points as his rookie year I think that's just scratching the surface the comparable we always typically use with him is Miro Haskinen out in Dallas who exploded offensively this year but that was his fifth year in the league. First time cracking 40 points before that he was still seen as an amazing defenseman because even though he's not putting up a ton of points, he's of value defensively is enormous. So I think senators fans are super excited about the trajectory of him. We uh, really sunk our teeth into North Dakota and followed them the last number of years. They had four senators prospects in their all first and second round picks. So we got to watch him develop. I think if, if he didn't get hurt and then re injured at the Olympics, Yeah, already an Olympian. I know no NHLers, but still a a great kind of nod to have on, on your belt. I think you're looking at a guy who would be in that Hobie Baker conversation in his second year. He was dominating in the NCAA. And in the first year, it was very much like, hey, just no mistakes. And then the second year, it's go time. So I think Sanders fans are hoping that that same trajectory, you know, get comfortable first year and then kind of go and, and push forward. So I would say if, if you're in a fantasy hockey pool coming up and it's a late round, you're like, oh, man, Jake Sanderson's on the board, not, not a ton of points, I think we could see a huge rise in how much he's putting up offensively next year. And I don't think Senators fans really see the risk as much as fans of other teams, and it's fair. I get it, seeing a risk, but if there's a guy who you're going to bet on, this is one who I'd, I'd make that on.
0: Yeah, and 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 when it comes and when it comes to locking up um, the the blue line blue line as well, and then of course one thing that was spoken about with the Ottawa Senators last year was how on paper their top six looks great. Of, of course, they lose Alex DeBrincat in the offseason, w- not wanting to be in Detroit and not be- wanting to be in Ottawa. There's that quote from Timmy Stutzla, and I'm paraphrasing this, but basically saying "see ya" uh, to to Alex DeBrincat as well. Peace. And when when I think of it as uh, just just when it comes to the the senators and the, and their last two drafts not a lot of high picks and and lack of draft capital as well trading for dabrinke trading for J- jacob trickker as well uh it, the way i see it, it it it's go time for the for the senators and new new ownership there's a lot of pressure and uh, now dj smith has been there for a while of 467 points percentage Pierre dorian had an Easter Conference final, then a, then a teardown. It's not about whether the seat is hot or not, but how hot is it for those guys? Because it, from what I'm seeing, they're in lockstep with their contracts expiring in 2025, but you never know with a new ownership.
2: No, I completely agree, and I want Pilsy to pick up on this, but I'll just tell you, the only coaches that are longer serving than DJ Smith in the NHL, John Cooper, two Stanley Cups, Mike Sullivan, two Stanley Cups, Jared Bender, Stanley Cups, Rod Brandemore definitely didn't get swept by the Florida Panthers. (laughs) Just wants you to know that. But obviously his regular season success speaks for itself. And Craig Berube, Stanley Cup. So you're in this situation, then it's DJ Smith. So he's the seventh longest serving head coach in the league. There's no excuses. How hot is his seat? The Senators, 16 games into the season, are going to Sweden. And for me... He needs to earn that trip to Sweden with an above 500 record. If the Senators who play nine of their first 13 games at home, if they cannot be over 500 in middle of November, that's the seat is eject button time. But I honestly, I do have a bit of confidence. He's shown that he's been stubborn, but he's shown an ability to adapt at times as well. Sometimes people say too little too late, but Pilsy, do you think that he has it in him?
1: Well, I think I'm more lenient towards DJ Smith than I think the rest of the Sens fan base is because for most of his tenure here, he's had a roster that is terrible. God-awful dumpster fire rosters trying to rebuild. Last year, sure, he had a better roster, but it was riddled with injuries at the end of the year when it mattered most and there wasn't a whole lot he could do. Now, am I saying he's the best coach and he belongs with those other guys Ross mentioned. No, I, I don't think so, but I do believe that you're really only as good a coach as your players believe you are, and Brady Kachuk, the captain, the leader of this franchise, has come to DJ Smith's aid multiple times. I really do believe that Smith's voice hasn't gone stale in this uh dressing room yet. I think the core believes in them. They got a better roster now, so they have a chance, but there's only so much time you can give a guy and when you just paid $950 million for a team, if things don't go right right away, I can guarantee you that Michael Anlauer has a list of candidates that he likes that are kind of ready and waiting if this season doesn't start the way that he believes it should. And with the roster and the money that the Ottawa Senators are spending right to the cap, there's no reason why this team can't be successful. Now, That's as far as the coach goes. Uh, If you want to throw the GM in here as well, Armando, I I think Pierre Dorian has done a couple things to kind of, Give himself a bit of a longer leash. The Tarasenko signing was uh, was a nice one. I think that that's a lot of good value. And then, sure, the Alex DeBrinket trade wasn't a home run, but with the leverage that he had, which wasn't much, everyone knew Alex DeBrinket wanted out. I think he did okay. And the additions of Kubalik and Tarasenko should be able to make up for the scoring production that left when Alex DeBrinket went to Michigan. And then they got a goalie. It remains to be seen how Corpusal is going to do, especially over a five year term. But Th-
2: third swing at a goalie.
1: Thir- that's the thing. Like he he's had a couple misses, three strikes are out. So let's see if he can uh, hit this one out of the park here. But the key thing is, I think all of those things are little things. All I care about mostly, and I think what Sens fans care about, is lock up the core pieces. And that's what he's done. Break a Chuck locked up. Tim Stutzla locked up. Tom Shabbat locked up. Now Jake Sanderson locked up. And then Korpisal on a five-year deal. Josh Norris as well. I forget if I mentioned him. But he's got the main guys that he needs here for a while. And you can just plug and play the pieces around it if need be. So I would definitely say DJ Smith's seat is a little hotter than Pierre Dorian's. But like you mentioned, Armando, with the new owner coming in, Nothing is for certain
2: here. And I think where you can talk about Pierre Dorian kind of cooling his own seat off a bit is that Tim Stutzel extension. He hasn't even played a game on it yet. He's already a 90-point player. It really was remarkable he was able to lock him up uh, for what he did when he did. Uh, So I think that should be... Really seen as something that he's been able to bring to the table. Where Ottawa's had a lot of trouble is identifying depth pieces that can help them over the last number of years. And one of their most recent additions to the uh, front office is a full time analytics staff member. Believe it or not, they were the only team, or maybe not the only team, actually, but they were a team that had never hired a full-time analytics employee. So I think that they can help make the difference between identifying a good bottom six. Everyone knows who the stars are. It doesn't take a a math guy to figure that one out. But I do think for the the more depth pieces, he could be a big help to maybe saying, hey, Pierre, we don't need to give up an asset for Patrick Brown, who's going to leave in 10 games and do absolutely nothing. I really do think that that could have a positive impact into identifying talent.
0: Yeah, and depth pieces, especially like really, Greg is a highly touted prospect as well. Uh, Shane Pinto is one as well, and then bringing in Dominique uh, Kubalik as well. And it's especially with, uh, especially with uh, having a backup in in Anton Forsberg as well, who unfortunately tore both of his MCLs uh, uh, last season. So definitely uh, something that sends are hoping to have a little bit of health in that side but we're going to d- discuss that more uh, on in the third segment but we're going to transition over to segment number two where we, we are going to have ross and and brandon ask me of quite a few florida panthers questions ahead of this 2023-24 season but first we are going to tell you all about FanDuel sportsbook and football season is has kicked off and FanDuel has giving is giving you a chance to win all season long. Go dolphins, because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can put you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over- unders, and more. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with Americans and one Sports. Player. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on.
2: Welcome back to a crossover edition of the Locked On Senators, Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We're excited to have Armando Velez here as we'll give him a break from hosting. This guy's been covering playoff games left, right and center and a busy offseason for the Florida Panthers as well. Now, Pilsy and I were talking on Locked On Senators, trying to identify the teams above Ottawa that they are most likely to be able to, to knock off the pedestal, the playoff pedestal that uh, the Panthers were able to have the the Lightning, the Leafs, and the Boston Bruins. I know Boston's always the sexy pick. Oh, they're going to regress. They're going to regress. They never do. So we both identified the Florida Panthers. You know why? Because the Stanley Cup final hangover is real. That's a lot of extra hockey. First things first, are the Panthers going to be 100% healthy at the start of the season? Or were some of those off-season surgeries going to trickle into the season?
0: Well, latest report from the, from the, from George Richards of Florida Hockey Now, it was actually a conversation that he actually had with Bill Zito about Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad. And looks like that Brandon Montour is going to be the one who to return earlier than Aaron Eckblad. There's videos of his rehab. Chances are that Mon- Monty could be on the ice in September, but not necessarily play a game, uh, yet. Uh, while, Aaron Eckblad, maybe some somewhere around December and January for for the Cats. So, it's going to like as far as I haven't made any sta- um predictions as far as standings even though even though I'm I'm hoping for the Florida Panthers to be get get back into the dance. I mean, they went through they went through of their fair share of injuries towards this tail end of the Stanley Cup final, which I'll and Barkov just recently went on 32 Thoughts and spoke about how if it was the regular season, guy, guys would be out for, for multiple games. They wouldn't even uh, uh, be playing. But yeah, those are going to be the guys who are going to be out for to start this this, this season. And the, Bill Zito signed some guys on the blue line who are are looking to prove something and maybe get a contract passed this year, even if it's not with the Panthers. You're talking about Oliver Ekman Larson as one. Mike Riley is, is, is one as well. Nico Mikula, he got some term on his, on his deal for, for, for the Florida Panthers, uh, more of a stay at home defenseman as well. He's the Mark Stahl replacement as well. And then guys who are going to, who are they're hoping to take that next step, especially on the blue line. Josh Mahura, a guy that they claimed off of waivers uh, from the Anaheim Ducks last season as well and 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 the big signing for the panthers that i that got me excited the most was evan rodriguez uh a guy who played with Sidney crosby nathan mckinnon in back-to-back years uh just going into his 30s uh so and and he's possibly going to be playing on a line with alexander Barkov to to start the season and and there's guys who are hoping to take that next step which I'm, I'm hoping that the panthers do get a an extension done with anton lindell before the season starts because the way his stanley cup final ended uh, you, you never know if he's going to be going to be exploding for an, a, 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 a th- this upcoming season. And you want to get that extension done now. And I know we were talking about uh, Jake Sanderson uh, in the last segment. But when when you talk about an extension for Anton Lindell, which I'm thinking it's going to be a bridge deal. I mean, Elliot Freeman also talked about the, the cap going up. We've spoken about on my show uh, the four the four million dollar rise in next season. But one thing i haven't spoken about is the season after a five million um um dollar dollar raise for for the salary cap at least that's the hope the hope so that's that's really what's gonna that's really what i'm hoping that happens this season as far as locking it down and it's also gonna what one thing is going to be key as well is the development of, of of spencer knight he's back from the players assistance program which is great to great to see um think he look he looks to be in a def, definitely in a better place than when he did uh go into it in february so that's going to be a uh, key for for the florida panthers I- I- as well
1: yeah that's where i wanted to touch on mostly armando you talked a lot about the forwards and the decor, but the goaltending in florida is very interesting like you still got Bob there on that massive deal, but do you believe that he can have the kind of success he had in the playoffs uh, back in the regular season? Cause I feel like with Bob, he's been able to show flashes of brilliance and his old self, but never sustainably over a long period of time. And that's where Spencer Knight and some of the other goalies had to pick up the slack there. Do, how, what is your confidence level with Sergey Bobrovsky heading into this season?
0: Uh, before I get into Sergei Bobrovsky, I'm going to put a little bit of a shameless plug here. I do have an article coming out uh, nice. on uh, Sergei Bobrovsky of Florida Panthers Mythbusters. Some uh, one one uh, myth that he definitely busted was his playoff performance. So yep. be on the lookout for that in in a, in a few days uh, when it when it does uh, get released. But as far as uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. I, I can't even tell you that I saw what, hap- uh, what happened in the, especially in the second or third round coming for, for, for the Florida Panthers of a nine fifteen 15, say percentage throughout the, the run. And this is the, this is a guy who gave up nine goals in his very, in the, in the clincher of the Stanley cup final as well. And, and, and just the, the hit for, to put the team on his back and just to, and especially when the, the whole, uh, Chase for the Stanley Cup happened the ESPN Plus uh docuseries that happened. You just see how locked in he is, how he's never he's never too high whenever a win or, or a loss happens. The focus is just to to play hockey, to to be the leader on this team, to to be to be a guy who is who is gonna speak on 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 when it comes to his play. And there's a lot of questions when he came in 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 uh after game three of round one. And and game four didn't look so great. I mean, yeah. Aaron Eckblad didn't play game four of round one and and anthony duclair was a late scratch in that one and then uh the the panthers were 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 uh boat raced in in that one as as well they were boat raced in game three as 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 well uh and what happened after that was just something i couldn't i couldn't definitely not predict i mean there was a high scoring game in game six against boston but then Rounds two and three, uh, two three-goal games where, where we were used to the Florida Panthers the season before scoring four, five goals a, a game in their present sh- uh, trophy-winning season. But this also goes cr- gives a lot of credit to Paul Maurice and, and as far as the – instead of the run-and-gun style, the aggressive forechecking the score scoring opportunities with uh five seconds within a tur- turnover as well i mean yeah the florida panthers are still one of those teams who leads as far as shots on goal per game but the as far as when it came to the playoffs and especially in uh game three of the eastern conference final where they were outshot by almost double by the carolina hurricanes but they still found the way to to create those scoring opportunities especially because their power play was so much better in this playoff run than it was in the year prior one for 31 in their in their in their 10 playoff games in 2022 and 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 that percentage was a lot better better as as well so he bob he was the least of the florida panthers problems in 2022 when they were swept by tampa bay and and but the this time around the offense helped help them and and that's why and thanks to matthew kachuk uh, as well who who uh, who went into God mode? Both him and Bobrovsky went into God mode in that in that series. Three game winning goals in in the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, Bobrovsky thankfully got got the help that he needed in that playoff run.
2: Now, one thing that you nailed last year, we asked for your breakout candidate on the Florida Panthers, and you said Gustav Forsling, and he was unreal, over forty points, one of uh one of the more more impressive players on the back end. Who's somebody this year? that needs to have a big season if the Panthers are going to make it back to the playoffs and maybe, maybe someone other than Spencer Knight, Cause I think we all know as a goalie friendly show here at locked on centers that if you don't have a goalie, you don't have anything.
0: I, I'm going to, I'm going to pick two and both of them are going to be forwards. Actually Um two uh, for, yeah. for the Panthers is one, is one. He is a guy who could play on any line. He could play wing. He could play center. Uh, he, he is uh great in all three zones as well doesn't produce the, the the amount of points but when the Florida Panthers when he had played his first full season with the Florida Panthers in the 2021 uh season you know he w- he was a healthy scratch a lot of the time not not getting a lot of his playing time but slowly developing and then once Paul Maurice came into the mix for one of his first media availabilities was he is a top 9 player he emphasized that with with atulist uh, Raine and even when Anton Lindell was struggling as well uh the Atulis Raine was able to take a, take that 3C spot and and uh and and kind of uh hold the fort there and he earned himself a little bit of an extension as well. And the other one you you might this might be a shocking one because you're thinking this guy is a is a multi-time 30 goal scorer for the Panthers. He has 32 power play goals in the last 2 years. But this one is also Sam Reinhart. Uh, for for the Florida Panthers and Sam Reinhart He's in a contract year uh and didn't get off to the best of starts uh last season his first goal in in the season last year game came in game number 12 which he scored two of those on the road against anaheim and definitely uh one who who needs a a great a great start this season uh for 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 the panthers as a guy who is also one who could play up and up and down in the top nine but as far as where he succeeded the most, it's been on that third line with Lundell and and Lucieurin as well for for him. So definitely uh, the the scoring punch is definitely gonna gonna be uh, crucial for uh so, someone like uh Sam Sam Reinhardt as well. And maybe an honorable mention, Oliver Ekman Larson, who uh, is uh, bought out by the Vancouver Canucks as well. Likely gonna be the quarterback on the power play for for the for the Panthers. And you know he he's he's also trying to get uh get some some term on his next contract as as he's trying to get like a second chance uh, or third chance in this op, in this instance
1: now we kind of talked about uh from our perspective as uh as covering the senators all right are the senators going to be able to knock one of those four teams out we both i hate to break it to you armando but like ross said we pegged the florida panthers as a team that they could take down possibly do you believe that the panthers put themselves in a better position with the off season additions and subtractions or a worse position to make the playoffs this year. And considering how other teams in the Atlantic have bolstered their lineups as well.
0: I, I think, I think when you think about what Bill Zito worked for what he had, I think, I think you, I think you, you, you have a certain amount of resources that are at your disposal, no draft capital, barely any cap space as well. And you gotta you gotta go out and make those value signings as well. Can OEL be that value signing for the the Panthers? Um, there, there's quite that possibility. While while waiting for the other guys to to return to the lineup as well, there that there could be that. And and for and for the the even in the on the fourth line, uh, Stephen Lorenz, who's um, who the Panthers, they needed to beef up a little bit this offseason because they got bullied in the Stanley Cup final. The the, the 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 not only were the Vegas Golden Knights a lot bigger, but they showed it and 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 really when it came to Vegas, they were able to block shots and and help Aiden Hill as as well something that the Florida Panthers had a hard time with and you got someone beefier on on that fourth line in Stephen Lawrence as well. Kevin Stenlund is going to be someone on that on that bottom six um, on that bottom line as well, and and Ryan Lomberg, who's the ultimate grinder, played the Stanley Cup um, playoffs with a broken thumb as well. That's definitely going to be uh, key, and definitely uh, that that blue line as well. So, working with what he had, I I, I believe Bill Zito did did his best as far as playoff positioning. The play outside. If I'm taking the Florida Panthers lens off, they're one of the hardest teams to predict coming off, um, coming into the into this season, and what and what uh, and what is uh, and what they're gonna do, and it, it's all gonna start up right before American Thanksgiving, before that first br- benchmark. So maybe reevaluate a little bit of things before uh that once once the Florida Panthers do get to that point. And we are and. And that, with that, we are going to transition to segment number three, where we're going to discuss more about the Ottawa Senators and the Florida Panthers and Ottawa's chances to break through from the, the three teams that rebuilds are step-by-step, are step, but are, are the Senators going to be that team to take that next step? We're going to discuss that more here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Ottawa Senators. And welcome back to this crossover edition between the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Ottawa Senators podcast. Thank you for making both of our podcasts your first listen of the day. I'm with Brandon Piller and Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators. And guys, the conversation all off-season long has been the three teams in the Atlantic trying to take that next step. And just for my listeners, let me list out a few of the injuries that Ottawa dealt with last season: Jacob Chikrin, Josh Norris. We mentioned Anton Forsberg um, er, earlier. Thomas Shabbat missed a, a, a little bit of time. As far as and as far as their blue line, as far as top four, I like Ottawa's blue blue line better better than um, better than Detroit's. Almost at the same level of Buffalo's. I do like their goaltending situation uh, better better than Buffalo's with Buffalo. Here's the thing. Devin Levi uh, um, is, is hopefully going to be the number one for them for, um, for the foreseeable future. But one thing Buffalo did not do was get a veteran in, in, in the mix for them to, to mentor. So if, if it hits the fan, Buffalo could be in trouble there. And they, I like how they can outscore their issues, but in order to win, you got to win those low scoring games. And can Buffalo do that? I don't know. But from the sense perspective of, of things, how do you see how do you see how uh, when whether it, of what it takes for them to take that next step to finally get back to the postseason for the first time since 2017? Because we talked about the ownership earlier. We talked about um, DJ Smith's uh seat being a little hotter than possibly Pierre Dorian's Um, and of course that thing from a few years ago the rebuild is over how do you guys see this
1: I think the Ottawa Senators have put themselves in a good position uh, here Armando and I think what they did is they identified needs that they had and they did a good job of finding people that can hopefully fill in those needs that they had they needed bottom six scoring Dominic Kubalik is a guy that he had 20 goals last year with the Red Wings. He scored 30 goals as a rookie in Chicago. He's probably going to be on that third line, and he hopefully can provide some offense to the bottom six. Then, obviously, Alex DeBrinket didn't exactly work out in Ottawa, but they still got to replace the 27 goals and 66 points he had. And Vladimir Tarasenko, if he can be healthy, that's a guy that scored 30 goals multiple times. He has Stanley Cup. Uh, he's a Stanley cup winner. He's got playoff experience. So he's someone that can come into that top six and add the punch that they were hoping Alex to bring could. And then in goaltending, that's the biggest question for the Ottawa Senators. They had seven different goalies play for them last year. A lot of those guys, just young guys coming up and simply out of default, having to play for the Ottawa Senators Now, They've got a nice tandem and the NHL is really transitioning to more of a tandem style goaltending league where there's lots of 1A, 1B type situations in the crease. Rather than your prototypical starter that's going to have 60 games and then a backup that just plays the second half of back-to-backs and gives the guy a break once in a while. And the nice thing is Corpusalo and Anton Forsberg... These guys already have experience playing together as a tandem. Both of them were a part of Columbus's affiliate team, the Cleveland Monsters, and they want to call cup there. So they're buddies. They already know. Yep. Pierre Dorian loves winners. Those guys have won before together. And I think as long as we can see good health from both of them, This team has enough scoring up front. The top six is really good. Bottom six bolstered, like I mentioned. And then that decor is much better this year than it has been in a long, long time. And I think Jake Sanderson is going to take a step that's going to really show people that haven't watched a lot of him and maybe criticize this new contract extension. He's going to show them that he is well worth that money. So overall, the depth and the kind of the issues that they had last season, it looks like they made proper moves and adjustments to cover up for those mistakes this year.
2: And one thing just to to build on that, and and you began the conversation, Armando, talking about know, Buffalo, Ottawa. Detroit to a lesser extent I think Steve Eiserman would tell you they're a year away from kind of being in that same conversation you look they kind of had a lot of filler pieces brought in this offseason on the back end while their young kids are marinating in Grand Rapids so I really want to focus on Buffalo and Ottawa as, as kind of the 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 cross-examination here and They can both score like Buffalo scored almost 300 goals last year. It was insane, right? The Tage Thompson's got one of the best mixtapes in the NHL. I think he leads the league in in goals where the goalie's laying on his back by the end of it, where he just gets dangled and, and they just put it away. Okay. So we're not taking anything away from what Buffalo has. They have two first overall picks on their back end with Dolly and Mm -hmm. power, but a 21 year old goalie, I get it. He he's a stud. Devin Levi will be a stud seventh round pick Panthers fans know all about that, but you got to give to get they end up getting Sam Reinhart in that deal. I get it. But that is so much to ask of a goalie. And that's mm. where Ottawa saw that last year. They had a 21 year old goalie who had to get put in a tough situation, high pedigree, mad. Sogard, and it, it was up and down. He was rookie of the month, one month, and then the next month didn't go his way. So it's one of those where that's kind of the, the trajectory you see every young goalie go through. And, I think that they they really missed by not getting a veteran presence. I think if they have if they have Connor Hellebuck, I don't care what they would have had to give up from the prospect pool, and they have a ton of guys: Yuri Kulich, Savoy, Benson. They have all these kids who aren't going to be a part of the team this year, but will be big parts going forward. They could afford to pay the price to get a guy like that in. They have the cap space as well. I think it was a huge miss for Buffalo not doing that while they have power on his entry-level contract, while they have Darlene one more year at $6 million. I think a huge miss for them doing that. Whereas Ottawa, yeah, they're taking a big gamble on Corpus Allo five-year term, but the price is right at $4 million per. And that, to me, it's going to be goaltending that makes or breaks it because both teams can score. Both teams have some studs on the back end. I really think it's going to come down to coaching and goaltending and that I probably give Buffalo the edge for coaching and I give Ottawa the edge for goaltending right now. So I think it's going to be fascinating. And if you want to mix in Florida, I think they've obviously got the experience in there that they've, they've shown they can do it. Whereas Ottawa and Buffalo are still trying to inch their way closer to that same goal.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you, and you talk about uh, the, the, the assets to trade. Yuri Coolidge was the first round pick that the Buffalo Sabres used with that Sam Reinhart pick that they traded and, and, and great year for Yuri Kulich out in, uh, Rochester, uh, for, 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 for the Buffalo Sabres. And, the, and then when you talk about with, uh, I, I quickly looked at the season series between the Florida Panthers and the Ottawa centers, Forsberg started the f- first one. Sogard started the second and the third, and it was, didn't Marilyn play in one of them. Say again, no. Yeah. He, he, he left didn't he?
2: Uh, it, oh, he got it, put it, in in relief. That crazy game with all the fights. At the, yes, at
0: the all end. the fights. Brady Kachuk <laughs> ended up being in the suite after, after, yeah. after the fact as well. So definitely, uh, definitely a that was the craziest game as far as closer to the end. But also with the Florida, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Florida Panthers season actually changed. In in their in their matchup in in March, where they gave up three shorthanded goals against the Ottawa Senators, and then after that was when the Florida Panthers made their run. Because Armando, you
1: declared the Panthers' season dead. Yeah. Yes, at that point. <laughs> yes,
0: I did. I said it was over, and then and then Paul goes on his rant. Keith Kachuk goes on Toronto radio and calls yep. them, you know, some some certain so names. Said, I
2: wish they could play more like the Ottawa Senators. I think it was the exact thing you said. <laughs>
0: So and it, and ha- up here in Ottawa they don't have a whole lot of skill but they work hard that's what he it, 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 and and like you said Ross it wasn't really about record it was it was it was more about heart when it came to the Panthers and just and just saying hey what are you going to do to battle it out you, you the Florida Panthers were that team to have the expectations versus what the Ottawa centers had I mean you're coming off a president's trophy winning season yeah. obviously but and and then it's like what are you doing? And and after that, I, I'm looking at the date right now. It was March 27th. After that, that's when the season turned around for the, for the Florida Panthers. And and hey, um, it, it was it was uh, you 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 see six one and one to to end the season. Thank you, Alex Lyon, uh, for 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 getting the Panthers there. And 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 look what happens. They're are Eastern Conference champions. And uh, yeah, uh, that was that was the moment that time where rock bottom for the season and then all of a sudden they skyrocket. So whew, hopefully they don't have to be in that position uh, come next season for sure.
1: Now, what, uh, what's the atmosphere like for Florida Panthers fans? Like, are, are they kind of like resting on, well, we made it all the way to the ceiling cup finals last year. Like whatever happens this year, it doesn't really matter. That was an incredible run. Or is the vibe still kind of like, well, we lost in the Stanley cup finals this year, we want to win it all. Like where, where are fans excitement levels at?
0: I think the excitement level is definitely for sure to be back, but this is hard. It's not easy to win the the cup. I mean, you think about the amount of teams who have had multiple tries uh, to win a cup. I, Tampa Bay is one is definitely a uh, one that that sticks out. Colorado it took a while to get out of round two. The Florida Panthers got a little bit of, of their taste with two consecutive uh, seasons of one w- getting the President's Trophy and winning a playoff series, and then going all the way. The expectation is still to win a uh, one round and to actually you know still continuing on the 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 culture culture there for, for the Florida Panthers. And if they if for me personally, I can't speak for everyone. If I see at least one playoff series win this coming season and you're still creating the the trajectory to hopefully eventually lift lord stanley's cup so it's just trying to continue um on and and if you are swept out of the first round or out of out of the postseason it doesn't necessarily erase what happens in the first uh first uh in the last few seasons but you definitely uh have more que- more questions but if you do win a series or maybe even two you are still signaling to like other free agents that this is a place to come to this is a place that that uh, that has a lot of stability when it comes to its core Matthew Kachuk, Alexander Barkov, and, and and all as 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 two guys uh who are going to be here for the long haul and, and and definitely, it's very important to at least get that far, as far as that, as far as winning the Stanley Cup. Um, I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm definitely not at that point yet for 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 the Florida Panthers. But as far as still cry, trying to create um, that that destination franchise label, that's that's where you want to be.
1: I, I got a quick follow-up question though, because you mentioned Tampa there. Is there part of Florida uh, Panthers fans that you know? There's this little brother, little brother, big brother syndrome. Is part of it just like, hey, if we do better than Tampa, that's a successful season. Like, is that at all kind of a, a mindset
0: or no? Uh, I, I don't. It's it's not really something. Honestly, I don't really. It's not really something that I subscribe to too much because, um, in order for something to be a rivalry, you got to be able to beat them as as, as well and. uh Tampa has, has owned Florida as well um, throughout their two playoff series, one of them being in a sweep as as well. So yeah, from division, from state wise, it's it's a rivalry. But as far as uh, as far as facing off in a in a playoff series, which is why I wanted the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Maple Leafs so that they yeah. could get another shot again at, at Tampa Bay. I know I know people talk about quote unquote easier matchups, but as far as finally getting over that hump and have having something to brag about. I, I, I wanted, I wanted the, I wanted the Florida Panthers to face the face, the Tampa Bay lightning again, but Hey, they made it to in the Stanley cup final, even with defeating the Leafs. So, you know, if they, if they get an opportunity again, man, would that be not, then we could call it a rivalry between the two teams.
2: Armando final question for me, which was the easiest playoff series for the Panthers last summer? And why was it the Leafs?
0: <laughs> uh that, um it was definitely the Leafs because you John Tavares, nor Austin Matthews scored and two power play goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs in that series. I mean, you really, you re- and they were second in the NHL in the regular season, right behind Edmonton in that. And Sergey Bobrovsky, they, he, uh he definitely, that was definitely the beginning of, of that, of that incredible run. And you, and, Boston was definitely a difficult one because their PK percentage was at 59% in that one. That was a really tough series to get through. But once they got through, um, they had all the confidence that they could get through. And it just think about it like this. Game seven of the first round and game one of the next round was only a day apart. So they were quickly able to transition versus you a little worried between rounds two and three because there was a week off, um, but that momentum still continued every single Every single game was a one-score game, even though, it, and it, it was the hardest sweep that you could that the Florida Panthers could ask for, um, as as well. But then nine days off between the Stanley Cup Final. But you even saw, regardless of days off, the Panthers were battered and bruised, and those those were injuries that were not just going to heal in nine days.
1: Now, final question for me is: I was just looking through the schedule for the Sens. They play the Florida Panthers four times, and most notably twice in the final month of April Armando what's your prediction for the season record between the Ottawa Senators and Florida Panthers?
0: Hmm. I'll say like two, one and one, maybe somewhere around there for two, one, one. Who for, for, for Florida, um, oh. <laughs> get, get get an, get an uh, they'll get an OTL possibly as, as well uh, there. Uh, and, but, but two wins. I mean, one of the best home teams in the, in the, in the in the last few years as well it's it's a really tough team to for anyone to go on the road and and beat uh beat the panthers so I'm, i'm gonna say two one one and one there for for uh the panthers how about you guys
2: well, kind of interesting. Ottawa and Florida will play in the preseason up in Cape Breton in uh, Nova mm-hmm. Scotia. So that'll October be kind first. Of, kind of a cool, uh, a cool area. I don't know if you've ever uh, been up to that area, but mm-hmm. really, really cool, cool part of the world. And uh, I think it'll be a, a sweet atmosphere there for a lot of in front of a lot of people who, um, you know, don't get to always see a lot of uh, of NHL action. So. Man, is there a connection with with Nova Scotia and Florida? Because I, I know that Ottawa's going there, so is Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh obviously has Sidney Crosby. Ottawa's got Drake Batherson and um, to a lesser extent, Igor Sokolov, Kevin Mandelazy They've they've drafted out of Cape Breton quite a bit. So I'm curious why the Panthers are of all teams are going up there.
0: Yeah, you, uh, I, I I'm seeing. Uh, it's funny because uh, you, you have a whole lot of Ontario boys on the on the roster. I mean, funny yeah, me enough, too. game one. I,
2: They had more more than Toronto, didn't they, when
0: they played the Leafs? I I believe so, because all four goal scorers were guys from Ontario as as well. Brandon Montour, one of them, uh, Nick Nick Cousins, uh, Sam Bennett. So there's a whole bunch of guys from Ontario. So... Uh, it, I'd have to quickly look it up, and, and as far as that, so definitely got to look up that. I didn't do my research there. Oh no, I you but... on the
2: spot. I I just thought it was interesting that the Panthers, because it's not like it's a five-minute flight to get up to Nova Scotia from uh, from Florida down on the coast. So I just yeah. found that interesting. But it'll be cool to kick it off. Um, I'll say I'll say two two and one for Ottawa. Then that's that's okay. what I'll go with. You need one more game. They play four times. They play four. I just searched it up, and it only showed three. That's, are you counting the October 1st one, Pills? No, I don't think so. Like You shouldn't, you shouldn't be because it's a divisional opponent.
1: Twice twice in April and once you know, in February.
2: And then I think once. November. Yeah, so that's four. Yeah, that's Math four. guy. Math guy, one, two, three,
0: four. <laughs> well, uh, November 27th, February 27th, April 4th, and April
2: 9th. I'll say three and one for Ottawa. Let's go. It's a ba- big divisional matchup here. I got oh. my guys.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll go with Armando's record, but flipped. I think two one and one is uh, is a pretty safe safe bet there because these two teams, when they play each other, it's it's who knows what's going to happen. They've had some absolutely wild games recently, and going in both teams' favors. So I think it's going to be quite close.
0: No, no doubt, and uh, definitely, definitely gotta gotta revisit this next season about this uh, prediction for sure so that so guys i want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast and a crossover with the guys over at locked on senators you can follow you can follow them at send central on x you could also follow uh brandon at brandon pillar one ross levitan at ross levitan you can follow me on x at mondo man 12 guys thank you so much for doing this and i hope to see you guys soon
2: Thanks, Armando. M- really appreciate it, and enjoy the start to the season.
0: Yep, Thanks for having us. You as well. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone, and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Center's podcast, your first listen of the day. Sarma armando signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.